Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as we get to know some of our sisters, as well as women from all walks of life, as they gather around the mics every week. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello there and welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. My name is Sister Tracy of the Daughters of St. Paul and I'm coming to you from Chicago and I'm here along with Sister Benedicta and I'm here in Boston, Massachusetts. And we're just really, really grateful to God that we can continue to come to you with this podcast and share about the themes that connect us as women and the feminine genius and all the gifts that we live and also some of the struggles and some of the challenges that we encounter. And the Lord provided us with a great resource to be kind of guiding our conversation, which is a beautiful book called A Place to Belong. And that Mm -hmm. book is produced by Pauline Books and Media and will be coming out very soon. So we're very excited to be talking to authors who've contributed to this wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, But before we get to that, Mm -hmm. as is our practice, right, Sister Benedicta, we we try to share a little bit about some of the things that we overhear or see living religious life and living in the convent. So you could call this um, hashtag overheard in the convent section of the show. Yeah. So do you have a fun story to, to share with us? Yeah. Yeah, I do. A few weeks ago, we celebrated Mardi Gras. I'm a Mm -hmm. Louisiana girl, so I'm originally from Louisiana. So that's been a part of my life for a long time. And uh, one of the things that's basically essential to Mardi Gras, of course, parades. But Mm -hmm. to go to the parade, you have to be well-nourished. And part of that is you go to Popeye's Fried Chicken and you order... the the works and you just bring it along with you and you have fried chicken all day long Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) one sister was talking to another sister and she said she must have lived in new orleans before she said this but anyway or maybe she was in new orleans when she said this she said i hope there's popeye's fried chicken in heaven and the sister she was talking to said um i hope there's something better than popeye's Uh uh-huh and the first sister was like shocked and she said what could be better yeah what could be better than Popeye's? And now number two is like mm, the beatific vision. <laughs> gotcha there. Yeah, that's such a non response. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah, but that is what we're meant for. That's what our life is to prepare us for. Um, so yeah, Popeye's is like food for the journey, <laughs> but uh, but not the object <laughs> of what that's we fair. worship, right? Okay, that's fair. so we yeah. got that theology down. Um, right. So. Now is the time for us to welcome our guest. So welcome, Gracie Morbitzer. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing wonderful. Now, where are you speaking to us from? I am in Columbus, Ohio. Super. So you're kind of up in the north as well as uh, I'm also up here. So we know Mm -hmm. what it's like to feel the cold and see the snow. Every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But... (laughs) So many people have seen snow this year that normally don't see snow. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother has said that this is actually December 78th of 2020. December 78th. Because he's in Texas, right? Yeah. 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 He's in Texas. So, um, but God is providing even as difficult that it, as it can be. Um, but Gracie, mm-hmm. welcome. We're just so, so happy to have you here and to talk a little bit about your contribution to the book. 
uh, a place to belong. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, this book, I'm so, so super excited for this. Um, when I first heard about it and when um, everyone first reached out to me about it, um, I almost didn't know that it was a real thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be in it. Like, that's really cool. So I was super excited, still really super excited. Um, it's been a really, really cool journey to meet all these other women and uh, hear their stories along the way. So um, I just can't wait to get them out into the world for everybody else to hear. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, maybe you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, like how you grew up and um, and how kind of what led you to to being at this point in your life? Yeah, so I think the differences between um, how I grew up and where I am now are sort of what led me to uh, this project uh, that I've been working on um, that I talked about in the book. And so I grew up um, even from preschool in Catholic schools. Um, I was very involved in all the extracurricular activities, very involved in the parish and all the parish families. And then uh, after high school, I decided that I wanted to go to an art college. Everyone was telling me, like, that's going to be a huge difference. And I was just thinking, like, I'm not sure why. Like, it's still going to be amazing people. And um, I'll still discover so many new things to learn. And so I got there. And when I was decorating my dorm room, I realized I would really like some spiritual art in this space. I don't actually have any. And since there aren't as many ways for me to uh, practice my faith while I'm on campus, I didn't have a car, there weren't any uh, Bible study groups or youth groups or just any groups at all uh, that were faith-based. So that was very important to me. Mm. And I was at a yard sale of all things, as usual, <laughs> mostly. Uh, and there was a box of free little pieces of wood. And mm. I thought like, oh, wow, early college student, it's free, free <laughs> art supplies. I'm going Amen. to those. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's kind of what started it because the shapes reminded me of ancient icons. So I thought, okay, mm. well, that's that's what I'll paint on these are um, icons for my dorm room space. And I sat and thought for like forever, like, okay, I don't think I want it to be extremely traditional, but I don't know what style it is that I would like to paint these icons in. So after a while, I just thought like, okay, well, for now, I'm just going to put Jesus in a white t-shirt and go from there. But then once I had that down, I thought like, okay, this is actually really interesting and really kind of something I'd like to examine. Thinking about the saints in just modern clothing, like what does that do to our perception of them? After that, I signed up for art fairs and people just seeing people in my art that look like them uh, started a whole lot of questions that I wasn't even ready for, but was so excited to answer. Um, so that whole journey, I guess, is how I got to this point where I am now. Um, but yeah, I've always been really into art, creating anything I can from paintings to videos to writing. I write still all the time. Um, I just really love being able to put things out into the world that I've been able to put my heart into. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I can kind of, I totally relate to what you're sharing because when I was um, discerning, I, uh, I didn't go to an art college, but I 
was majoring in art at a public college and there were certain things that that uh you described in your experience and I was like ooh I totally know what that's like you know this idea that um almost like you know when you're when you're at school you you want to be in a, in a position where you really absorb and learn. And so mm -hmm. sometimes you want to skip the drama <laughs> that can happen with differences mm -hmm. of backgrounds and differences of opinions. And um, number one, it's really beautiful to hear how your faith was important to you, even as you move from high school into school. But talk about that experience of beginning college and what you noticed about uh, what was happening inside of you, like what what was going on for you? Yeah, so I was really lucky to go to a very diverse high school, but even so, that was not the level of diversity that I was able to encounter when I did finally get to um, art school. So the high school I went to was in the city, um, and most students did not have to commute very far. Um, but now in this college, um, it was also in the city, but actually at least 50% of the population came from uh, farther out cities or um, some other countries, other states, uh, or at least uh, cities that were very small. Um, they grew up on farms. So being able to meet students like that was very interesting. Um, they had such completely <laughs> different backgrounds than I did. It was just mm. so amazing to hear their stories. Um, but I also became an RA um, in my junior year of college, and that was uh, even more of a transformative process, I think, because I had gotten to know a good amount of the students at my school, but uh, that way I was able to know them a lot more deeply. I'd have to uh, check in on them. Um, they would tell me about things going on in their lives, and um, I would be there as a resource. So um, I guess I was really able to discover uh, the depth of um, these differences between all of us, but that was just so fascinating to me and so just amazing to hear like every story uh, that they had to share. And I guess this sort of is what kept me going with my project with the Saints too, was that they always seemed to feel like they were the only ones going through this sort of mm. thing. Um, so I realized that being able to tell stories like the stories of the saints, everything that could have happened to them has happened to them. Mm, There's mm -hmm. one out there who's been through everything. So just knowing that they're not alone, um, that was something that was really important uh, for me to share with them. But I was just so excited to be in a place where people knew what kind of camera settings you needed to take very close up <laughs> photography and where people talked about artists in their free time and went to gallery shows on the weekends. Um, it was just so exciting. And in a way, I felt like I was home in a way I'd never felt in high school, even though there was such a lack of faith connection in this group. Um, so that's sort of what disheartened me the most was that I just felt like I had to push that side of me and that part of me away from the rest of what was going on since there wasn't anyone else to connect to. So it wasn't really until I was able to continue this project and actually um, make a few other friendships and they were able to actually start uh, like a Bible study group on campus um, that that was able to happen. And that was really, really amazing to see and to see all these people um, that I thought I knew <laughs> come out and go to this Bible study and be really excited about it. And I had no idea they were even 
uh, Christians or were interested in studying the Bible, it was really amazing. So a really cool process. That's really neat. I wonder, like you talking about like the diversity of your school and meeting people from so many different backgrounds. And at the same time, you speak a little bit in your letter about, we were talking a little bit before, before we started recording the podcast, we were talking a little bit about how you had written about the way that Christianity can be presented as very one dimensional and Mm -hmm. kind of very flat. And so you have this this kind of dichotomy of like the diversity mm-hmm. of the people around you. And then you have Christianity being shown as something that has almost no diversity, that is just even like a, a place for haters or something, like in some ways, in, in the way that it can be presented sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of an interesting dichotomy that you point out, you know, with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like a lot of that came from not having any groups on campus when I started because... Uh, There were people there who certainly had been very hurt by people uh, claiming to be Christian or under the title of Christianity that they had been hurt by. And they were able to maybe share their stories through their art, um, develop their pain, um, and maybe even bond with other people over that, which is just very, very disheartening. Um, And I think that because of that and because there was no other voice um, speaking for Christianity on campus, that story did sort of become one-sided and it was a lot easier to, uh, for them to feel that way. And that's what I think was most important thing to try and change is to show everyone that it's not, it doesn't have to be just the one story um, that you've been told or the one story that you've lived through. Um, there can be so many, many different experiences in, in it. Yeah. I think dimension is a, is a neat word because, um, like the, the ideas that we can often develop in our minds can be sort of one-sided or flat, you know? And, um, and when I did look at your art, I thought, wow, um, if there's anything to give a little dimension to, to the, the ideas, um, about saints or about what it means to be a a holy person. Um, It's yours. And I was wondering if you could describe like, you know, just uh, maybe what, what it was in your work that was um, kind of inspired, like you had to have gone a little deeper than just let me draw a nice picture of a person, you know? So I don't know if you could talk a bit about that. Right. So I think it started because after I painted my first two original icons, um, just for uh, artistic purposes for my dorm room, you know, um, after that, I, I'm pretty sure I posted a picture of them and maybe a third one. And some of my friends from high school were commenting like, okay, I need to see what my saint, what my patron saint would look like if they lived today now, like, because I really want to know what that would look like. So I, after that was when I really had to do the hard work of figuring out, like, how, how is this going to go? What is my main goal with this? Um, And what process am I going to use to get to that point? So I started thinking about people that I know, or people that I met on campus, who did have similar life stories to the certain saint that I was painting. Mm -hmm. Or I would think about like, if someone was the patron of a certain activity, what would they look like if they were doing that activity today? So it was having to just dive a lot deeper into 
Um, it, this person was really honestly walking with us now, um, not just someone who was from <laughs> the first century dressing in t-shirts. If they were honestly living here in the 21st century, would they be up to every um, what would they what would their jobs be? Uh, what kind of people would they hang out with? Um, how would they present themselves in their clothing and their hairstyles? And who would they look like that I know? Um, and that's the easiest way to do that because the people that are all around us are the same people that they would have been, just people doing their everyday lives in community. So it was definitely challenging sometimes to really get a grasp on who they would be, but that's the way that it had to go from that point. We've, um, when we've talked, you know, in other conversations with different guests, like one of the things that has struck me about, you know, femininity and, and the way that we kind of move in the world is that one of our great longings is to be seen. And, and one, another gift that we have is that we see, you know, there's something about women that we kind of can see those that might be falling through the cracks. And I was really reflecting on your letter and it dawned on me that, you know, I think a lot of times, no matter who you are, if you grew up with faith or you're coming to faith or, or maybe it's just something on the, on the side that you're interested in. Sometimes I think we tend to think that our faults or our woundedness makes us invisible not just to other people, but to God. Mm-hmm. I was really thinking about, you know, your your work here is a way of almost saying, I see you to your friends, uh, to people that you've met, but also the saints. It's like your need, and this is another cool thing I thought of, you just were doing this thing because you wanted some good art in your room to inspire you, <laughs> Right. So, you, so first of all, you're like attentive to what's going on inside of you. And I think another struggle that we have as women is being able to admit that we need something, <laughs> anything mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, so that, that response that you, you actually took yourself seriously, you saw you <laughs> and you were like, yeah. oh, maybe I need to yeah. attend to this. And then you, you in doing that, you were touching on something for others, which is very cool, which is a big inspiration, I think, that we could all take in. Number one, be attentive to who you are and what you need. And you never know if you respond to it, that you might be responding to others, you know, to helping others, but also um, being able to reflect values that you could see in the otherness of people around you and how kind of you were a place of connection. So I'm sure that you witnessed things that you probably never dreamed would have happened. Maybe you have relationships with people that you never thought you would have. Can you talk a bit about what that's like for you? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. So yeah, I've met so many people through this and gotten to do so many amazing things. Um, I was part of two separate gallery shows that were on campus um, called Piece by Piece that the Bible study did put together uh, to raise funds for different causes both times. Um, And all of the work was centered around um, Christian themes and everyone from campus was able to go uh, just like any other gallery show, which I thought was so interesting because we never 
had anything when we started out at our school. And that was so fascinating. And I got to meet so many amazing people, again, who I had no idea had any connection to the faith. It was really, really fascinating. Um, but I was also able to work with some of the youth group in the uh, downtown diocese for uh, creating stations, uh, icons. Um, I was able to also meet a lot of the other RAs who had these stories from their past about either growing up um, in the faith that they had either lost or turned away from along the way. Um, and I never would have known that uh, without this connection because they knew that I was someone that they could approach with this story since I was able to put out there that that was something that was important to me and something that was a part of me. And I think that's really just what we needed as a school in general, because we didn't realize how many of us were like longing to share that story. So being able to meet all of those people, I've been to many other art shows and conferences where I was able to meet directors and youth group ministers and uh, uh, housing um, people who manage housing for youth in uh, inner cities and um, uh, ministers and preachers from other uh, Christian faiths is really just so fascinating. The people that I get messages from every day, um, they're from all over the place and have all kinds of different stories. Um, but my favorite ones, and I honestly just got one yesterday, it was so exciting, mm. are when I get messages where someone says like, wow, I can't believe this. Like my dad's name is George and he looks just like your St. George. Like, how'd you do that? <laughs> wow. Um, it's so great to hear because then I know that that piece will have a meaning for that person um, and for everyone in their family because they can more easily think about like how we are able to become saints when we really want to. And like we all have the opportunity to be saints um, with our lives, but a lot of people don't feel that way. I mean, recently I had a conference with a youth group ministry and one of the um, adults in the room, their challenge was to draw themselves as a saint. Like what would they be shown with? What would their uh, special skill or activity be? And he was saying that it was really hard to do. <laughs> like it was really hard to put that final touch of a halo on just because He'd never thought of himself in that way before, but we're all able to feel like we're all able to be saints. Um, so just knowing that you can be, um, knowing that you can change your life like they did, um, no matter what their circumstances were, um, knowing that you can have hope because of them going before you. Um, it's just a really changing process and being able to meet so many people along the way that have helped me to even understand it more. That's what's been really amazing. Mm, that's so cool. That's really neat. And I think as you're talking and, and speaking about your experience of doing this and kind of the reflection that you're giving Sister Tracy on the need to be seen and mm. the ability to see. And I was thinking about the line in your letter, Gracie, where you say, I now feel free to be holy myself, which makes my struggles more manageable. And I was thinking like, the Catholic woman and the way that Corinne has kind of laid things out and the five categories that she mm -hmm. gives and your letter falls under the create category. But like each one of those, it's an element and it's a, it's a characteristic of femininity. It's also like a characteristic of healing. Each one is something that we participate in in a journey of healing. And so receiving, creating, protecting, leading, nurturing, they all come in also with the journey of healing, which is the journey 
of holiness as well, right? Mm. Like the more whole we are mm. and the more healed we are, the more capable we are of living that sanctity that allows us to enter into our struggles in a really real way. Mm. And I think the more we engage with our own struggles and the more that we kind of see these are the places where I need God to touch me, but I need him to touch me through other people too. Mm -hmm. The more that we can recognize the role that we play then in other people's journeys or the role we could play, or maybe the role we have played. Sometimes it's not until you see, see it in hindsight mm. that that was something that God was asking of us in that moment. And the capacity that you have for seeing the potential in people, I think could be a really healing thing. And that's one of the ways in which creativity is healing. Mm. you know kind of seeing potential like you look at a block of marble and you see its potential and that's one of the ways that, that creativity can be so healing and i think that's something that your mission kind of is is pulling out and that's really neat oh i definitely agree yes <laughs> and i think that i really do have my art school to thank for that also um just being able to be around everyone who is processing their journeys and their hurt at the same time, um, discovering who they really are when they're finally away from uh, either toxic families or um, poor conditions growing up or just a community that wasn't welcoming. Um, just being around so much of that at once, I really have that to thank for it, just being in the school in general. So I think that without that experience, I'm not sure I would have gotten to that place. And that's community, right? Like that's the ability to to learn from each other and to experience it from each other and to be mentored. That's, that's mm -hmm. community, it's mm -hmm. a great gift. There's a point where you talk about power and holiness. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a loaded phrase. I wonder what Gracie means when she talks about the power of holiness. How could you, how would you describe that? <laughs> um, well, like you said, loaded, but <laughs> yeah. I would start at the fact that it has a lot to do with knowing who you are, I would say, especially in my case that I was relating to, um, because when you know your values and your morals and who it is that you are living for and what it is that you are living for and shaping your life around those things, um, then co what comes with that is a strength and a sense of who you are and what you need to do with your purpose every day. With it also, of course, comes the spirit and it will allow the work that you do to take effect and to make a difference and to change things. And I've seen that happen and I'm not sure I would have even known that until that happened, just to be able to know that you have such a purpose and a meaning and that the way your life is structured and centered around will enable you to keep from uh, losing your way and keep from being distracted by other things. Mm -hmm. It's just a really powerful feeling <laughs> to know all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think art, especially art that's like fine art, we're so used to images that are just digital and they're always changing and moving and grabbing our attention and fine art or paint on a on a canvas or a piece of wood as in your cases it causes us to stop maybe it does maybe it doesn't maybe we're not letting ourselves stop but connecting that to something you just said about knowing who you are and kind of coming out of that place I think the, the challenge or, or the call of fine art is to stop and look more deeply 
and almost like let yourself settle in front of something that isn't necessarily explainable right mm-hmm. away. And I think that your work definitely calls on that uh, to the viewer, to the person who's encountering um, the piece. Can you share where people can see your art? Yes, definitely. So I have a website, which is just themodernsaints.com. And on there, I've made all kinds of little fun things for everyone to be able to discover and relate to the saints even more, especially um, the whole goal of this website was definitely for people who have not had any experience with the saints at all yet, or who may not know hardly anything about them. Um, So there's a biography about each of them. on a page and there's also soon to be, I'm definitely remodeling it right now. It's been a very long process, Mm. but soon to be, there will also be a reflection and a prayer that goes with each saint and their mission also on each page. And there's also a little quiz where you can take it and figure out which saint you're most like. So (laughs) that's also soon to be remodeled, but it's there. Um, And then I also have an Etsy page, which has the same um, icons that you can purchase and then my Instagram account which is at the modern saints by Gracie with underscores under each um, it has even more information I'd really love to get all of this on my website eventually but right now it has uh, resources where you can learn more about uh, other saints you can learn more about uh, creativity and how we can use that for our own holiness and bringing more love into the world and it also has Um, just resources in general where you can be really active in the community and like make a difference whether it's with whatever kind of creativity it is that you can use so um, yeah a whole bunch of resources and other fun things related to the saints also awesome well I guess we shouldn't end this conversation without asking you who's your favorite saint (laughs) oh yes I always get this question I'm sure you do maybe it changes every day (laughs) (laughs) it does I have a hundred of them that I painted now and every single one of them uh becomes my new favorite of course when I paint them but Mm. my um confirmation patron saint is uh, Saint Genevieve just because she was such an amazing leader um, especially for being back in the dark ages and a poor woman growing up with nothing so that was pretty amazing but my new favorite that I have to say is Hildegard of Bingen Mm. just because of her amazing creativity and how she just never stopped working Mm. (laughs) and she like used every single idea that she ever had and put it out into the world and made such a difference because of that. That's awesome. Well, I have one more question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's saints. Now, who's a person or persons in your life that were really instrumental in inspiring you and I don't know, just helping you grow as a person? Mm -hmm. Well, I always have to thank my parents just because they were so supportive and they were not artists themselves ever. And they also weren't as involved um, in their faiths as a lot of the people that I grew up around in school, but just because of how supportive they were and because of just how loving and selfless they are, they definitely have made my life what it is. And then also, (laughs) honestly, some of the not so great art teachers that I've had just because, (laughs) I mean, I used to get like F's in like middle school just because I was being like, too creative and I like didn't follow the prompts enough so (laughs) I'd have to thank them definitely also for 
pushing me, even if it wasn't in the right direction, because I also don't think I would have been here today um, without that. So no. that's <laughs> definitely. Awesome. But Gracie, thank you so very much, Gracie Morbitzer, for joining us. And know that we, as sisters, as daughters of St. Paul, we pray for um, media creators, artists, you know, anyone who is using their gifts to portray and, and communicate um, the life of holiness and the call that we are all meant for God in the end. And so just know that as you journey through your, your everyday, um, that there are sisters out there who think of you and who pray for you and who want the best for you. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. We want to end all of our shows with um, a little, a bit of a prayer and our prayer we're drawing from our own Pauline prayer book. So as daughters of St. Paul, uh, we're known as Paulines. And so our prayer book um, covers all these different areas of, of our own life, but also of the Christian life. And so we're going to pray a prayer for all media. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O Jesus, divine Master, in your mercy, enlighten and direct us so that all the discoveries and means of social communication may be used for edifying and uplifting, never for spiritual or human ruin. Today, we pray for all the media. We offer you, Jesus Master, our prayers and our daily apostolate to atone for the misuse of these gifts and to ask of you that everything may be for the glory of God and peace to humanity. Amen. Amen. Virgin Mary, Mother of Jesus, make us saints. May we all be saints. Thank you, Gracie. God bless you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody for listening. We're praying for you too. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.